0: Welcome in. It is the Huddle Up Podcast, presented as always by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest, you know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, you know, it was the for the first time that I can recall since the VJ debut season in 2017, the Broncos actually held a press conference to introduce the entire coordinator staff, right? We're talking Justin Outen on offense, we're talking Uh, Ajiro Evero on defense, and the very, um, I don't know, I like him, Dwayne Stukes for special teams. And, you know, there were some really interesting things that we're going to go through here tonight. But, Zach, the coordinator for the offense, Justin Out, and here's what he said about Drew Locke. And shout out, by the way, to Darren McKee, DMac of 104.3, the fan who was the only one in the room that kind of had the either presence of mind, Zach, or the stones to bring up Drew Locke. And he wanted his opinion on Drew, and he said, quote, After he rambled on about a quarterback room in Atlanta, a quarterback room in in Green Bay, then he said, quote, as far as Drew, he's got a powerful arm. He's done a really good job as far as using his legs and being an athlete. As far as that, I want to see how he fits in the system a little bit more once he gets the playbook under him, and then we'll go from there, close quote. So Zach on the surface, pretty innocuous, but is there anything more that you might take from that?
1: He's saying the obvious, same thing that Clint Kubiak said when he was first able to discuss Drew Locke after coming to the the Broncos quarterbacks coach. He mentioned his arm, his athleticism and his physical traits. It's never been about those things, though. But what else is he going to say? It's a good start for that relationship. But later on, Outon also talked and stressed the importance of taking care of the football and how key that is avoiding turnovers. So there's a lot of overreaction whenever Locke is mentioned directly or indirectly, and it goes one way or the other. You know, Pro Drew Locke fans always take it as super optimistic as a sign that he's going to be able to get the starting job this season. Drew Lock haters take it as a sign like it's just coach speak and they're not referencing his mental issues, processing, you know, uh, avoiding turnovers, things like that, the real downfalls to his game. So it's a good start once again, but uh, he has to prove it on the field, same as any other season, Chad. And if he gets that opportunity, it's still going to be an uphill battle.
0: What I have taken so far, we heard from Clint Kubiak, his new position coach, Locks, and then now we've heard from Justin Outen. We haven't heard from the actual head coach and the guy that's going to be calling the plays, Nathaniel Hackett, on the subject, but what I take away from what we've heard so far, honestly, these guys are not planning on Drew Lock being their planet quarterback. Everything they have said, now, he might be their default, don't have really much more of an option plan you know he's their contingency i guess for lack of a better term but they have really both kubiak and Outon very carefully chose their words very carefully made sure that they complimented him on the things everyone can see if you got two eyes you can see drew lock's got a big arm and you can see that he's an athlete all right cool so they they took care of that they checked those boxes so that no one could read into say you know oh they don't like him but they were very very careful zach to not say anything that would hint at, imply at, could be interpreted in any way, shape, or form as Drew Locke being the plan at quarterback or Drew Locke having a future in this scheme or Drew Locke having a future with this coaching staff on this roster moving forward. Now, he's the only quarterback currently under contract, so they, you know, that's kind of all they got right now, but very circumspect, very cagey, kind of choosing what they say with great care.
1: You could have read this, and I like the intro pressers, but you could have pretty much read the script. Right off Patrick Smythe's MacBook, chat. It was a bunch of talking points, a bunch of PR bullet points. I think they mentioned collaborative like four or five times. You can tell that George Payton and Patrick Smythe and the Broncos PR team wanted to craft a certain message. And like you said, they were very careful. They, they tiptoed around certain subjects. They avoided talking about Aaron because that would have been tampering since he's still under contract with a different team. So I had no qualms with these intro pressers, but you can tell it was very carefully made manicure off the top, uh, from the gut, from the heart. I'm not sure
0: about that. I mean, it is what it is. And by the way, thank you, Dylan, for keeping everybody in the know to smash the like button. Hey, sometimes we run a little bit late on this podcast, but we always bring the thunder and we never, I I don't like using double negatives. Almost said we never don't show up. That would be terrible grammar. My grandmother would be furious we always show up for you. All right. We might be a few minutes late, but we always show up for you. Jacob, you you are rapidly becoming a legend in this community. Um, I think it's time we send you a t-shirt, my dog. is a small thank you for all that you do for us here at the Huddle Up podcast and Mile High Huddle, all the podcasts for what that's worth. So why don't you send us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. Give us your shipping address and your t-shirt size, and we will shoot you out a little care package as a small token of our appreciation for everything my friend um colton more jumping in appreciate that super chat colton he says thank you for the retweet yesterday love you guys hey we we keep the conversation going zach i mean we love talking with you guys here in real time but twitter is just another opportunity for us to keep that going
1: Yeah, I've been guilty of not being a big retweeter in the past, but I always, whenever anyone tags us, like Bryce tagging us about stories, Michael Ronquillo tagging us after the show, I always like to retweet and give you guys back the love. It's the least that I can do for how supportive y'all are. So, thank you.
0: Rodney Garcia, also tremendously consistent in supporting us, helping to keep these lights on. Thank you, my friend. He says, good evening, guys, and Broncos country. I was watching the press conference yesterday, and – Really stoked about Evero's role with our defense. Please bring back Josie Jewell and Kenny Young. Draft a stud edge rusher. Go Broncos. Yeah, Evero, very interesting coach. All three of those guys. I mean, honestly, if I'm being if I'm being very frank and earnest, nothing about Justin Outon up to this point has really excited me or made me sit up in my chair and go, ooh, yeah. He said a couple of things. Zach about, you know, it's all about the ball and all, stuff like that. But he said something that smacked a little too much of Pat Shermer for me about we want to end every drive with a kick. And I get it. Look, the NFL coaching circle has cliches that get used everywhere. There's certain things that are going to get used everywhere, and that's one of them. So I'm not going to read too much into it. But he's kind of a very, you know, just kind of plain in terms of how he presents himself, kind of boring, um, but eloquent. I like that he can slap some words together. And, you know, he was very, um, you could tell, Zach, sincere and earnest when he talked about his experience as a prep coach, as a high school coach, which required not only being, you know, equal parts teacher slash coach, but being a father figure, looking out for kids, hey, making sure these kids are actually, do they have a roof over their head? Do they have food in their their, their, their bellies and whatnot? And that was really cool. But I'm rambling a little here. Pedro, very exciting. Obviously sharp, smart as a whip. And uh, Dwayne Stukes, man, he's just got a little bit of sass to him, which I like. He's got a little bit of, you know, vibe, a little bit of uh, Derek Wolfian, uh don't ever F with us type of juice.
1: And what's interesting, he called himself a bit of an introvert. So it's funny that you'd pick up on something like that. I do like Stukes. Uh, I love what Evero said. And, you know, you talk about speaking from the heart and something that would grab your attention. I I, One of my biggest complaints about the Fangio defense, and there were quite a few, he wasn't this guru as people paint him out to be. They never seem to blitz, especially when times where they really should have gotten after the quarterback a little more. So I love what Evero said. He goes, if you don't get there with four, you send five. You don't get there with five, you send six. I love that mentality. It harkens right back to Wade Phillips that we're going to come after you. We're going to play fast and aggressive. We're going to wreak havoc, and we're going to be the A-word, Chad, active, like we've been talking about the last couple weeks. I love that from Everett. I get the same vibe you do about Alton, though, and I'll fill in the blanks for you. Very Teddy Bridgewater-ish. He said he doesn't really watch TVs or movies or whatever, uh, and even it was Nathaniel Hackett that helped transition Justin Alton away from the written word and into the electronic world with uh, (laughs) tablets and Excel and PDFs and stuff like that. That reminded me of when Pat Shermer famously preached about using a pencil and we all know that Pat Shermer was very much a pencil-using coach. But at least he, you know, Justin Allen wasn't preaching the importance of actually practicing for incompletions like Pat Shermer did. So anything is a step up from the last regime. And I love what Nathaniel Hackett said in his brief remarks before he introduced his coordinators. He goes about Evero and Stukes. These guys just had to go win a Super Bowl. I just the excitement and energy he brings to the room is palpable, and I could not be happier with the new coaching staff.
0: Shout out to Bigger and shout out to Todd Ostendorf. Appreciate you guys being with us. Kevin Vinn in the house as well with a very generous Super Chat. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. And good evening to you as well. Uh, Ren99, what's good? Been a minute. Long time Super Chat superstar here at Mile High Huddle. I've missed you, my dog. Where have you been? He says, I'm definitely excited to see what happens this offseason with the whole QB situation and the draft, and I can't wait till next season to see how things go. Well, it's really weird, man. We had Mike Kliss to open this week, Zach, um, kind of get people's hopes up by saying, you know what, I something tells me we're going to get a decision from Aaron Rodgers this week. And then, of course, he had his appearance on the Pat McAfee show, his, his semi-regular appearance, I guess regular appearance. And Everyone's like, ooh, is this where he's going to? No, no, no. And that was preceded, of course, by the news last week, Zach, the TMZ type news that he had uh, called off the engagement or broken up with his uh what what is her shalene i would always forget that woman's name uh anyway yeah. and then all right nothing happens nothing ha- oh one other little cr- uh, breadcrumb on the trail here zach his enigmatic cryptic instagram post that everyone's reading into about <laughs> why he's missing in between adams and cobb and all this stuff and aaron Rodgers, dude Crapper, get off the pot. Let's yeah. freaking go.
1: Yeah. I'm, I, you know, I really like the guy a lot. I would love for the Broncos to trade for him, but man, he is like a teenager on Instagram. Like he just loves the drama. He loves creating the mystique and kind of playing and toying with people's emotions and decisions. And, uh, We've all been there, I think, where Aaron was. It seemed like he was a little faded and on Instagram kind of getting into his feels about his ex, Chad. He mentioned that he was a back-to-back MVP with Woodley by his side. Then there was a report that someone, uh, a sleuth out there, said that they could hear Woodley laughing in the background of a Rodgers interview after the supposed breakup. So we don't really know what's going on with them, too. Uh, the Pat McAfee appearance was all hype and, and nothing on the delivery. He said, no decision yet in my future. I still think he's either retiring or staying in Green Bay, but that's just my opinion on that. But um, regardless, though, whoever they get a quarterback is going to be an upgrade on Teddy Bridgewater. The coaching staff more than likely will be a giant upgrade on the last coaching staff. And George Payton hit it out of the ballpark with his first draft. And I'm really, really excited what he can do wherever he goes with whatever draft picks he has uh, this coming April in his second draft class. So optimism is high in Broncos
0: country, and I feel like it's warranted. Big T Travis Weber in the house. Thank you, buddy. He says good evening, Chad Zach Broncos country. Of course, they will talk up lock. When at the moment, that's who we've got at QB one. What's all the noise about getting Denver to trade for Trey Lance? Doesn't make sense that San Fran uh, would trade him when Jimmy G is out the door. Well, he's only out the door after this season. So Jimmy G. Has led, how many years has he been there now? Zach, four? Was this his fourth season? I, I believe say. four too many. Yeah. So 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. So Shanahan, five years in San Fran. I'm pretty sure four. Anyway, two of those seasons, you know, when he's been available for his team, he's led them to the Super Bowl in one, to the conference title game in the other. I mean, you got to be careful what you wish for. Now, look, this is not we were just talking about Joe Montana and Steve Young in the green room before we went live here, uh, Scott, myself, and Zach. And this is not uh, that situation. If you're the San Francisco 49ers, like you, maybe the two in the bush was a little bit more interesting after you went out and won four Super Bowls with Joe Montana or whatever, because Steve Young was quite a little bit more proven of a commodity in terms of his stops. And he'd been with, Bill Walsh and he'd been in the Niners' uh bosom for so long that they were much more certain in terms of what they had in Steve Young. So they could say goodbye to Joe Montana and they turned out to be right and they go and win a Super Bowl with Mike Shanahan as their offensive coordinator and Gary Kubiak as the position coach coaching the quarterbacks. This is not that situation. So if I'm the Niners, I got to be careful just willy-nilly Zach dismissing Jimmy G because when he's been available, this team is a force to be reckoned with. Now Trey Lance All the upside in the world, very raw. Uh, I'd be a lot more interested in him coming to Denver, obviously, Zach, than Jimmy G. But I really don't think either one of those options right now, if I'm the Niners, is in my best interest. Like I'm going to go ahead and run it back with Jimmy G one last time because I can, knowing that if he stays healthy, we're going to be in the conversation.
1: Bushes and bosoms, Chad. This uh, podcast is verging on sacrilege. I don't know why they would trade up for Trey Lance and, and take him in that spot only to trade him a year later after never giving him an opportunity to start. So he's going to be the starter one way or the other in San Francisco. I feel like that was always the plan, and Jimmy G literally choked away his uh, his his firm grip on the starting job there. I read today, though, I think it was Schefter who reported it's not a lock that Jimmy G is uh, dealt, even though I think he will be either cut or traded. Trey Lance is the future there. And I fancy myself uh, quite the news hound. I haven't seen all this noise about Trey Lance and the Broncos. I think it's like a, a fan creation or a media like what if scenario. And I think it's 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 based on Tom Brady unretiring and then going to San Francisco. I feel like that's a long shot too. So Trey Lance isn't coming to Denver. Jimmy G is a is a possibility on paper, but I don't want anything to do with him at all. I feel like I'd rather gamble on Drew Locke, save my money, save my draft picks, than take on Jimmy G
0: and uh, hope for the best with him. Shout out to Chase Wellner. Shout out to CJ Morris. Thank you for the stars, man. Appreciate that. You know, Tom Brady, it's crazy to think he's going to come back and then want to go play for the Niners, but there is one thing that might tie him there. And that's the fact that he grew up a massive Niners fan. In fact, he was in the stadium for the catch for that, Montana rollout right, the beginning of the dynasty that became the Walsh-era, Montana-era Niners. Tom Brady was actually in the stands for that phenomenal game in which they finally got over the hump and vanquished the Dallas Cowboys, who had been the Niners' nemesis uh, in the NFC up to that point. Slide he- and glide, bros.
1: Yeah. Real quick about that. If he would unretire, he would potentially become – and he would do the one thing, Chad, he would, he's never done before, and one thing that no other player has done in league history, that is win a Super Bowl with three different teams.
0: That he could only be, signed
1: a two-year in Tampa, right? They still control his rights, but I feel like if he wants out, they'll trade him and, and try to recoup some draft picks for him. I feel like they've already kind of mentally moved on from Tom Brady. That team is kind of breaking apart, so... I just feel like he's a very driven and motivated person. I feel like he's a little more self-consumed than people make him out to be, or that he wants to believe in. That would be his motivation if he were to unretire. But apparently, he's a movie producer now and an actor. He's making a movie about the twenty-eight to three Super Bowl. I know. Cover your ear, Scott, down there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Apparently, he's going to act in it too, and he's producing it. It's uh, really happening. It's uh, being filmed this spring, so that should be interesting. no kidding. Yeah. Um.
0: Real quick here, Tom Brady signed a two year deal. Did he? And then he signed an extension, I think. Yes, that's I'm trying to re- refresh my memory here. So, Tom Brady, let's see. Tom Brady, so this is from Spot Track. Brady signed a one year, 25 million contract with the Bucks, including 20 million signing bonus and an average blah blah blah. In 2022, Brady would earn a base salary of nine. So, yeah, they own his rights for the next several years he would have to be traded which as you said you know he's he's tom the goat he could probably force his way out of anywhere uh slide and glide bros thanks for your patience my friend he says Dwayne stukes got that fire energy love that he does man and i noticed too zach during his presser you know it's almost like he gets in a rhythm when he's talking and he's used to addressing a room uh and so he uses a lot of affirmatives to make sure people are paying attention to them like this. So I'd be like, if I'm Dwayne Stooks, I'm going to say, so, you know, we want to really prioritize guys who are feel like special teams is really important. Right. And then it's like, Hey, we're, we're sitting here in the media room. We're like, you don't need our affirmative, but he does that. And it gets you nod in your head. You're like, yeah, right. Right. Wait, wait a minute. What am I doing here? Right. He's, he's one of those guys. And it was actually, I don't know. He just had some juice dude. And um, I'm really intrigued to see if that forgettable, Doldrum caliber third face finally turns a corner.
1: At least he wasn't up there apologizing for how he can't do his job like his predecessor, Chad. I do like what Stukes said. <laughs> he said, I'm not going to talk about why the you know the last regime or last system didn't work. So I do like the humility he showed there. He seems like a very confident person, a confident coach, a confident man. I don't see how anyone could be worse than Tom McMahon, but I do feel like uh, they'll be in better hands with Dwayne Stukes.
0: Rodney Garcia says I hope Evero can figure out Mahomes like Fangio did. For some reason Mahomes always struggled against Fangio uh his Fangio's defense. Let's get him uh get it. I'm excited. Yeah, you know, he's worked and by the way Dan, thank you for the stars. Really appreciate that. Um Evero's worked for a lot of the league's top guys. I mean from, from uh coordinators from Vic to uh Wade Phillips to um I mean, Raheem Morris uh, Morris has a lot of bona fides, former head coach yeah. as well. There's one more I'm missing. Was it Capers? No. Anyway, he's got some uh, real experience with some of the top brass, defensive brass of the last couple decades in the NFL. So, yeah, I mean, you you would think you could take a look at, at scheme-wise, and thankfully, you know, you got Justin Simmons there too, just to sit down with Eberro and be like, all right, when, we, when you guys game plan for the Chiefs, Let's talk about some of the principles that Fangio was was keen on, uh, and let's figure out maybe how to weave some of that because it wasn't obviously as effective as you think because the Chiefs won every game. So let's figure out how to weave some of that into what we're doing here. Uh, if you can somehow, Zach, master the coverage component, meaning that you know guys are staying with their guys or they're confounding the quarterback from a read perspective with sophisticated zones and stuff like that, and get a rush on him. That's the that's the secret to Mahomes. It can't just be coverage because he'll just run around on you. You gotta be able to walk that razor's edge of being able to do both and it's easier said than done
1: watch the second half of the AFC title game, what Cincinnati did. They played good coverage, but they sent pressure and got after Mahomes when they had to. And you can rattle him. He melts down nowadays, Chad, the 2021 version anyway. He was prone to just the disaster. So I love whatever I was bringing to the table. And smartly, though, he's retaining. He's staying in a base 3-4, even though the team plays a ton of nickel. Um, He's going to retain a lot of the components from the Vic Fangio scheme because, as you mentioned, he coached. Uh, alongside him or from that system from that same tree but he's going to b- bring pressure and be more aggressive and and hopefully create and coax turnovers out of every level of the defense and I understand the apprehension because he's a first-time DC he's a younger coach on a young staff and they're very inexperienced but he has talent at every level and if you agree that it's a players driven business I think coaching has a lot to do with it too but The front seven, Draymond, Shelby, the linebacking core. You talk about bringing back Josie Jewell. You still have Baron Browning. Maybe bring back Kenny Young. And the secondary, of course, Simmons. You have PS2. You have Darby, Caden, Stearns. There are a lot of pieces already in place on this defense. They need a coach that half and half, keeping the Fangio components that worked in the playbook while also uh, enhancing on them, improving on them, coaching them to be more aggressive, Blitz more, sack more, create more takeaways. I think if you get that combination going,
0: they're going to be scary. Nash V with a super chat. That's a newer name. So welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Connect with us on Twitter so that we can keep the conversation going. All right. It says, hey, fellas, longtime viewer, first time donator. Appreciate that, my friend. As much as I love Rodgers, I prefer the Broncos to play the long game and get a young quarterback reliving another Manning era. Has me nervous, understandably so, right? Because you know what came after was like really high, high, very manic highs that you didn't think were possible, and then lows followed by lows that you didn't think were possible. So I totally understand that, but all things being equal, if you can get a quarterback that is a basically it's a virtual guarantee you'll be in the in the playoffs, even if it's only a three year stretch. There, you, you do it. You you pull that trigger. And who knows? Maybe Aaron Rodgers goes on to play. How old is, is Brady? Was he 43 or 44 when he retired? I
1: think he's 45 almost. I think he's 45 in August, so 44. No, no. My dude is older than me. <laughs>
0: um, so, you know, who knows? You maybe err on the – um, or you at least hold out hope, Zach, that maybe Rodgers, who – as long as you keep that clavicle healthy, that's the thing you always got to worry about with A-Rod is he's managed to – actually be quite the iron man and stay healthy. And he's pretty savvy in terms of protecting himself and avoiding uh, big collisions. But similar to that drew lock hit guys that injured him in week two, uh, the blindside hit from Bud Dupree in Pittsburgh, where he came down hard on his clavicle. Aaron's busted that so many times, a couple times anyway, fractured it to where that's the only thing that worries me availability wise. But if he's on your roster, Zach, you're going to the freaking playoffs it's a matter of how long will he play.
1: Yeah. Shout out to Eli Wilkinson once again for blowing that blog. Um, the thing is, you know, reliving the any post Peyton Manning year. I feel I agree with you. No one wants to do that for another season. No one wants another Teddy or Case Keenum, Joe Flacco situation. But I feel like, and this is my opinion, that would only occur if it's a Garoppolo, Wentz, Cousins, Matt Ryan scenario. If you get Aaron Rodgers, you're better than you were in Peyton Manning's final year. Maybe the defense isn't as good, but the offense will be so much better because Aaron Rodgers is like three cuts above anything below him. Any other quarterback I just mentioned, you get Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers. You're not just a playoff contender. You are a Super Bowl contender with the the pieces they already have on this roster. We talked about the defense already. We all know about the offense. Aaron takes this team from seven wins to 12 or 13 by his sheer presence alone. That's how good it would be.
0: So it just comes down to the question of what's that worth and, or really what does green Bay price that at? And is that worth it to you for that? What, what Zach just laid out Um, shout out over here to uh, Dave up, North of the 49th Parallel. Good to have you in the room, my friend. Appreciate you being a part of this community. Really good to see you. Uh, stick around. Keep uh, contributing to the conversation, my friend. Rodney Garcia, I agree. Broncos country doesn't have time for that drama with Rodgers. What, what, what has he done? I get it. Back-to-back MVP, playoff appearances, but hasn't gotten to the Super Bowl since, what, 2010? I may be wrong. Just throwing my opinion out there. Stick with Locke and draft a queue for future development with Hackett. Well, I mean, you know, it's like Mana from heaven right now. For If you're the Broncos, I mean, even sniffing the playoffs would be a quantum leap forward for this team. So I don't want to dismiss Aaron Rodgers out of hand. Look, Peyton Manning for the longest time was known as the QB who was the Star Wars guy that couldn't win the big one. And then he finally won the big one. And then he came, ended up kind of crashing back down to earth in a very specific sense of not winning multiple titles couldn't get back over the hump and yet continued to just throw down, stack the the statistics, stack the accolades, stack the pro bowls, MVPs. And he kind of became known as that the same way you just kind of talked about a rod is how most people thought about Peyton Manning circa 2012, maybe circa 2011, you know, going into that season where no one really knew just how bad his neck was. And then he ended up missing that whole 2011 season for the Colts, his last year as a Colt. Um, But, he ended up obviously uh, being reinvigorated, energized by what the Broncos were doing as an organization at the time, the collection of talent and coaches that were here. And Zach, even though a lot of those guys are gone, in fact, most of them are, um, there's something about this franchise. I mean, they. Uh, I'm trying to remember who it was. Was it Outen? It was Outen, who really genuflected to the Denver Broncos yesterday by saying, you know, what a dream come true to work for a team like the Broncos, one of the premier organizations in the NFL. It's true. The Broncos, you know, they have juice. They have juice. And they have – we don't just say this because you're in our community. The Denver Broncos fan base is renowned. All right. As someone who also – you know, I also published the Colts site for Sports Illustrated Fan Nation. And, look, the Colts, small market team, just like the Broncos, are considered a small market team. But, Zach, the the level of interest and fan passion and excitement in the Colts compared to the Broncos, you can't even compare it. Trust me. I mean, I see it in the social media interactions, the traffic, the people clicking on links, people caring about what's going on with their team in the middle of the offseason. Bronco fans are, like, geeked out about every living detail possible. Colts fans are like, wake me up when it's football season. And, you know, that trickles out. Coaches feel that. You know, and and so I, anyway, this is a long-winded way of me saying that I think coming to Denver, if it were to happen, and it's still such a long shot, guys. All it takes is Aaron standing up to the mic, or sending out a tweet, or getting on Instagram, Zach, and saying, "Decided, I'm coming back to Green Bay. Let's go." And this whole thing blows over, and it's it it winks out of existence.
1: Oh, I brought this comment back on the screen because Rodney says, "What has he done?" And then he mentions right after that what he's done. Back-to-back MVPs, playoff appearances, that's pretty good, number one. Uh, hasn't gotten the Super Bowl since 2010. The Broncos haven't made the playoffs since 2015. They haven't had a winning record since 2016. I agree with you, Rodney. If you can't get Aaron, you can't get Russell Wilson, you can't get a quarterback of that caliber, then roll with Drew Locker, draft a young quarterback, take that route, try that route, commit to that route. But if you have a chance to get Aaron freaking Rodgers on this team, reuniting with two of his former coaches, with the talent they have and the win now roster they have, despite what many believe, you gotta take that chance. You have to, you have to swing for that fence.
0: By the way, r- love you, Rodney. We uh, are trying to push, get over the hump to hit goal. We're pretty close to hitting our 250,000 star goal on Facebook in the month of February. And of course, when we hit that goal, we're raffling off a Broncos jersey of the winner's choosing. And the only people in the running for that are those who contributed to the goal. And I can tell you who's going to have the most tickets in that hat when the time comes. And we are going to hit the goal. Um, michael ronquillo is going to be at the very very top he has been throwing down like a boss jacob foster is going to have a lot of uh, tickets mark schrader tim hoffman travis tarbox oh, aka t twice rodney garcia maybe i'll call you rodney uh rg i don't know pete middleton lawrence rivera miguel Santistevan, andrew baker round out the top 10. so keep it coming we're going to hit the goal michael's saying we hit the goal did we hit the goal already scott I'm not. It's not showing on Facebook on my side. I'm pretty confident we'll hit it tonight. Either way, so much love, Michael, and you've been a big uh, impetus for that, my friend. Really appreciate that. Uh, Ron Gal Galicio Galicio, thank you for that super sticker. Very very kind of you. Appreciate that support, my friend. Very uh, cute picture. That must be your your boy. Uh, Mike Reno says, and it's great to see you, my friend. Hello, Chad and Zach. Great pod. Thank you. I think the coach speak about Locke is more so about getting the fans ready for not having Rodgers on the team in 22. What do y'all think? Well, here's the thing: they really haven't said anything about Drew Locke unless they've been like strong-armed to say it, like put on the spot. And when they have been put on the spot and there's no escape, it's what do you what do you say? What do you say? Uh, he's got a big arm and he's an athlete. We'll see how it goes. You know, we'll see how. That's all they can do right now because they have these irons in the fire the whole offseason plan of attack zach is in limbo until the first domino which is aaron rogers for this team for the broncos falls either way if aaron says i'm out i'm retiring domino falls and that creates a cascade towards multiple potential eventualities if he says hey i'm coming back green bay let's go same thing dominoes start falling if he says i'm coming back but miss me on being a packer anymore hey uh trade me to denver Now you got something really interesting that could be happening in Denver. But if he doesn't come to Denver, Zach, you're still going to have to figure out how to fry these fish. You're still going to have to figure out how to get out there under this exciting, young-slash-inexperienced coaching staff and uh, get the job done. And so they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do at quarterback. We'll see.
1: Well, I'm going to sound like a Colts fan right now. Wake me up when any one of these guys talks about Drew Locke's mental processing, for example, or his decision-making. That would – grab my attention not just giving the same talking points the obvious ones about Drew that were never contested his arm strength and his athleticism but i don't think anyone from hackett to out to george payton have a defeatist attitude and by sending that sort of message that's that says we're not getting aaron there's no way he's going to come play for us they're going to keep hope alive and kind of toe that line and play both sides until they can't anymore and aaron hasn't even decided or at least made that announcement public. The Packers don't know what Rogers is going to do. And the Broncos are held hostage by that same virtue. So I don't think they just, they've decided anything. I think they've acknowledged though, that in a worst case scenario, quote unquote, worst case, Drew Locke would be the fallback plan. And
0: that's not again, a bad fallback to have. I mean, we're just at this stage. Um, we have no choice, but to kind of read between the lines you know George Payton made the Drew Lock thing a part of the interviews we know that hey what would your take what's your take on Drew a b what would your plan be to get the most out of him but of course he's going to say that he's the only quarter you know I'm going to be the I'm going be the uh, you know skeptic here the devil's advocate of course he's going to say that he's the only co- quarterback they have under contract that doesn't on its face or by itself imply any kind of plan uh that George Payton might have for Drew Lock and I'm more inclined to kind of lean toward that side of things than, oh, we need to know what your thought is on Drew because he's our guy. It's definitely not that. But there's still, I think, Peyton maintaining an open posture in terms of if and when we get Drew Locke teamed up with these coaches and if and when we do have to turn to him. We need him to be better. We need him to, what can we do to make him the guy we wanted him to be in the first place when the Broncos drafted him in the second round? That's all this is at this point, you know, but we're going to cover it. That's what we do here. Not only on these podcasts, but in the articles we write, we're going to cover every angle, especially Zach, as it applies to the quarterback position.
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, I think you laid it out pretty good. And I think Peyton's doing a, a nice job and the coaches are as quickly as they've come in as well of walking that line of keeping open the possibility of getting Aaron Rodgers or another high profile quarterback while, you know, saying the right things, the obvious things, but the right things about Drew Locke and keeping him in their back pocket. So it's a tough line to walk, but I think they're walking in pretty well right now.
0: Rodney says, uh, can we change? Deontay Spencer as punt returner. Who would you Hopefully. guys want back there? Um, anyone else? Like yeah, it's time anyone to turn else? That. it really is time to turn that page. He was kind of uh uh avatar, Zach, of Tom McMahon. And I think Vic had a for whatever reason a soft spot for Deontay Spencer, but they might bring him in and let him compete and see what's what. Let these coaches kind of, you know, Stukes and his boys figure out what's what on him, but He was here for three years. He had one kick return for a touchdown and just a lot of kind of inconsistency. There was never really a a consistent threat or spark on a punt return or a kick return. So in other words, guys, aside from, for the most part, being trustworthy to field the punt, I mean, he he didn't, he wasn't like, um, uh, oh man, the kid, Isaiah McKenzie, fumbling left and right, but. Uh, he, you know, he had a couple of faux pas aside from securing the catch. He didn't really bring anything to the table for this team that they couldn't replace. It's replacement level, uh, returner ability. And it's not an easy job. It's, uh, you know, might look easy when you see all the moving parts, it might look easier than it is when you factor in 22 guys on the field at the same time. And they're all doing different things and flying around and trying to kill each other. But, uh, you know, Catching a ball, Zach, that goes way, way, way up, and then you got people barreling down on you, and the pressure of that, like, it's pretty intense. It's, it takes a certain kind of cat to be able to do that with consistency, and then to be able to kind of sh- shrug that off, like, all right, that's done. Let me take this to the house and be Devin Hester. It's a rare breed that can be able to do that, but they got to find someone that gets them a little bit closer to the, to the Hester model than the uh, Spencer model.
1: You hit on two guys that I'm going to bring up specifically because a lot of – um fans and obviously the coaching staff made Deontay Spencer out to be like he was Devin Hester or Dante Hall when he was the furthest thing from that I'd be more uh, willing and prone to throw some money at Isaiah McKenzie who we talked about a couple pods ago I think he's going to be a free agent I don't know if he'll come back to Denver but he's explosive he he's turned out to be a really useful weapon in the NFL at least he was with Buffalo um, I would look at maybe some of the Rams uh, guys that are coming out and hitting the open market as well. So A guy that has punt return experience that can reunite with Dwayne Stooks. But maybe K.J. Hamler using his speed if he comes back fully healthy. I mean, it's really a dime a dozen job. A sure-handed guy is nice, but a guy that can get some yards and help out the offense, that's even nicer. So you can find that guy pretty much anywhere.
0: Twice as nice. Claude Riley, what's up, big dog? Appreciate you. Purely hypothetical here, says Claude, but what if Tom Brady came out of retirement and was traded to Denver where he'd have a slew of weapons and could win a Super Bowl as the QB of the team that often got the better of him? Man, that'd be a fun thing to watch. Go Broncos. Yeah, I mean, and maybe in some like fringe-esque alternate earth timeline that happens. But um, you know, Tom had the Tom struggled to beat Denver all the way through the Shanahan. Time period. Then he ended up getting kind of the best of Denver for about a three year window, post, or I should say, between Shanahan and Peyton Manning coming here. And then Peyton came here and outside of a loss in Foxborough, Broncos had his number. But then after Peyton retired, it went back to, you know, a long stretch of anytime Tom drew the Broncos, chalk it up as an easy dub on the board. Travis, appreciate you, my friend. Really, we do. And, yeah, it's an exciting, hopeful offseason. We're going to be here to break the whole thing down with y'all. Phil says, uh, assuming we have a number 9 overall pick, who do you think we pick? Great show. Thank you, brother. What's your answer for Phil? The Broncos have
1: specifically mentioned Edge a lot. George Payton has. It's been... Uh, 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 an acknowledged need on Denver's part. I don't think there's much hope remaining for Bradley Chubb in his fifth year. Whatever they get out of him will be the cherry on top. They really have to look h- long and hard at an uh, outside linebacker, edge guy, defensive end, however you want to classify him. They need some guy that can create pressure and the pressure that, uh, especially after what Evero said about sending five or six guys, the pressure they want to bring to opposing offenses. And now if they don't go edge, I'm looking at a tackle, if they, I'm just saying, throwing it out there, maintaining the possibility, if they fall in love in the pre-draft process with a quarterback, that's an obvious need if you don't have Aaron Rodgers on your roster, if, you, if you're if you not sold on Drew Lock, So the three biggest needs far and away are edge, tackle, and quarterback. Any combination of those?
0: Uh, I think first things first is once that first domino falls, it's going to be let's exhaust the quarterback class and decide whether or not One of these guys we need to make a play for. Um, Andrew, hang tight one second. I'm going to grab you, buddy. I want to bring your guys' attention here to a great article, Eric Trickle wrote, uh, breaking down the eight prospects, QB prospects heading to the combine, and basically what questions these quarterbacks need to answer in order to kind of be in the running for the Broncos, both at pick nine and in a couple of the cases, maybe a little bit later on in the draft. But um, Malik Willis, and for whatever reason, when I go, when I blow up the screen like this, I can't get rid of this top bar. So you guys just bear with that that bar just going right through. But Malik Willis, okay, interesting. Go read what uh, Trickle's take is on that. Kenny Pickett, he of the small hand fame. All right, uh, don't sleep on him though. Carson Strong, intriguing young quarterback. Uh, Matt Corral, interesting, but can yeah. he play in a non-RPO spread scheme? I mean, time will tell. Uh, he's got a lot of Questions to answer at the Combine. Trust on that. Sam Howell of North Carolina. He too. A lot of questions. Hey, dude, you went from being like forced to be reckoned with to you lost a a star or two on offense. And no longer were you the tide that raised all ships. What the heck happened, Sam? Uh, Desmond Ritter, who's Mm. very intriguing. Mm -hmm. Round one, pick nine. No, trade back to the back end of the first round and, you know, take a flyer on him because you get that fifth year, maybe. Second round, I'd absolutely consider Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. Very intriguing, dynamic athlete that just needs some refinement. Uh, A couple of like later in the draft guys, Bailey Zappi of Western Kentucky. Interesting guy. Go read about him. And then this guy has some Caleb Ellaby, man, from Western Michigan. He has some really interesting traits, Zach, that, uh, you know, not perfect size in terms of prototypical NFL, but uh, look, Kyler Murray, Russ Wilson, they've proven that if you have it between the ears and you have some juice as an athlete and as a quarterback, you don't need to be six foot four, you know, 230 pounds to to make hay in the NFL. So my first focus is, Zach, to answer that that question, what happens when the first domino falls? If Rogers removes himself from the board, I don't care what other veteran options you're going to pursue, whether it's trade or free agency, I am as an organization fully turning my attention to exhausting this quarterback class to determine once and for all is there one worth our consideration at nine is there one worth our consideration with our four other top 100 picks then everything else kind of matriculates from that
1: yeah i would have no problem taking a flyer on a Ritter or a carson strong in the second round or if they want to maybe move back up into the late first round if their stocks rise but I don't see any of these quarterbacks obviously being slam dunks for number nine, a top 10 pick for any of these guys. That's super risky. Maybe though. I mean, if I had to pick one Malik Willis would be that guy considering his dual threat abilities. And I think that's, The way the wind's blowing in the NFL, you have to have a quarterback that can create on his own and not just be a pocket passer. So a toolsy guy, Malik Willis is. And, you know, people talk about the Broncos needing that veteran bridge if they go for a younger quarterback. Drew Locke is technically a veteran. I mean, he's a fourth-year quarterback, and he's on the final year of his contract. So if he works out great, if he doesn't, he walks away next year. No harm, no foul, and you still have your young guy. So I'm right there with you. If you can't get Aaron, you can't get Russell Wilson. I'm thinking long and hard about a quarterback in the draft. I don't know when necessarily. I don't know who but that's the route I'm, I'm leaning toward.
0: If he's not a day one upgrade over drew lock, then he's off the board in the first round. Now it doesn't have to be a day one upgrade in my book to take him in round two or round three, but only guys I perceive as an immediate upgrade over drew would be in consideration for pick nine. And I'm just not sure, uh, certain, I almost said certain, that they're one of those guys exists in this class quite yet. Andrew Baker, still flexing, still uh, showing his new Pookie jersey that he won for being an absolute stud last uh, month. Love seeing that, Andrew. He says, Rogers is on a spiritual, life-changing ride. So that fits. He changes his life to Denver and sits in the mountains with his monk friends. Did, <laughs> Hashtag MHH for life. Did you hear
1: about his diet? No. He eats huh? He talked about that on the Pat McAfee show. I, I, I don't, can't pronounce it. It's some sort of a holistic diet. Um, a lot of cleansing uh, in uh, upstairs and downstairs. Put it that way. You know, <laughs> you know it's talking about getting your throat lubed up and stuff like that. It's not for me necessarily, but uh, credit to Aaron <laughs> for trying different things. He's a, he's an interesting
0: uh, guy for sure. Panch- panchakarma. Don't Google it. The uh, mothership has a piece on this uh, sports illustrated says uh after sending twitter into a frenzy with cryptic instagram posts rogers appeared on mcafee uh and then what began as an inquiry into the reigning mvp's thinking turned into a discussion on the benefits of an alternative cleansing and he- healing method called pancha karma what exactly is it first here's rogers explaining the 12-day process There's nothing cryptic about gratitude. I was going through some pictures from last year and felt an intense amount. Oh, that's just shown. Oh, he's got that. He says, quote, I just came out of a 12-day cleanse where you're eating a specific diet and you're going through these treatments every day. You're not really doing anything else. You've got to kind of turn everything else off. You're not working out. You're not straining or anything. It's kind of a recentering. It not only heals you physically, Zach, but I think it takes away mental stress and then the spiritual part, I think it allows you to kind of enjoy the meditations a little bit more. And then uh, S.I. goes on to say, Rogers, coming out of that process, explained that he felt an immense sense of gratitude, blah, 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 blah. Uh, let's see. Hold on. I'm, okay. Pancha Panchakarma is associated with Ayurveda, an alternative medicine system rooted in India that dates back thousands of years, uh, per the Ayurvedic, Inst- Ayurvedic Institute. It is more than a mere healing system. It is a science and a part and an art of appropriate living that helps to achieve longevity, targeting diet, living habits, exercise, uh, et cetera. And yes, it involves getting rid of toxins known as AMA, which is quote, the basic internal cause of all disease. And you know what? There's something to, uh, we'll talk about Hamler big uh, T twice. Give me just a sec. There's something to that whole concept of uh you know, trying to rid your body of toxins. Have you heard of those foot soaks, by the way, Zach, where you put these certain kind of like salt compounds in distilled water, I think it is, and just let your feet chill in it. And it just, my grandparents did it. Uh, God rest their souls. They're not with us anymore. But in the years before they um, left the earth, they did it. And my grandmother told me that it's equal parts disgusting and fascinating because, you pull your feet out after however long, I don't even know how long you keep your feet in this thing. And the water is black from all the crap Mm -hmm. that this compound pulls out of your system. And there's something about, you know, with the karma and the chakras and everything, the feet and the nerve endings in the feet and how that applies to the way the human body functions or whatever, something about that. It's interesting, but it's also very complicated and, uh, Kind of left field, kind of like uh, new agey, even though it's thousands of, as it mentions, thousands of years old as a
1: school of thought. It's better than putting your feet in that little tank and letting the fish nibble on your skin or whatever. That's a no-go for me for sure. And, you know, you mentioned that you can't work out. You can't do anything on this panchakarma diet, whatever. Because you you can if you're on the toilet constantly. So (laughs) I give Aaron a ton of credit. I really do. It's uh, not for me, but teach their
0: own. If he wanted to get over the hump and lead the Packers to another Super Bowl, he'd be at least having some dumbbells while he's on the job, right? I mean, he'd at least be going, chilling. All right. Potty humor in the dust. We're done with that. T twice says, I'm just curious. Any word on KJ Hamler's recovery? No word. So that's good, actually. I mean, that's a. You hope it's uh, just a matter of course that he bounces back and is good to go. Jacob throwing down some big boy stars. Thank you so much, bro. Don't forget to send us that email. Want to get you a T-shirt. Claude, you're the man. Appreciate you, my friend. Go Broncos. Indeed. And then we got John Clay eventing. We're at 50 minutes. We got to start winding her down here. Thank you, John. It's great to see you. Appreciate that generosity. Uh, John says, evening, gents. I think the Green Bay GM news conference today was really telling it seemed that Gutekunst was floating the idea that we're doing our best in an effort to prepare the fan base that Rodgers might leave um I don't know exactly how they're preparing the fan base like what that even means but they're certainly doing everything pulling out every stop they can to keep him from leaving i mean from the purported 45 million dollars a year contract that might be offered to him to you know hiring his former Quarterbacks coach Tom Clements, who they won a Super Bowl together, you know they're trying to keep him in uh Green Bay. We'll see.
1: Yeah, we, we diagnose every word, every presser of the Broncos. I'm not going to start to do that for the Packers as well. uh Based on what I saw on Twitter, though, it seemed like they, your Gutekunst, is trying to take a little more of a hardline stance against Aaron or four of the team. He mentioned that. Uh, hypothetically, anything can happen with Devontae Adams. And if you subscribe to the theory that if they franchise tag or re-sign Devontae, then Aaron coming back as a lock, well, that doesn't send the right message in that respect. But um, it's it's a lot of PR, a lot of leverage that Gutekunst is trying to maintain, considering
0: that Aaron has dominated the storylines the last couple of weeks. Not only that, but sorry, Brian Gutekunst, you made your bed. Now you're having to lie in it. You're the one that opted to draft Jordan Love. In the first round, instead of getting Aaron Rodgers while you're still in a window of contention, help. So, bummer.
1: He also got bent over a barrel last year because Aaron dictates the terms. He gets to pick whether you know if he's playing for Green Bay, if he's playing for another team. He's holding
0: them hostage, and Gutekunst allowed it to happen. So, womp womp. Diddle-ing, 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 diddle-ing. Andrew Baker says, if no Rodgers, then hashtag let him hate. Most say. We know what Drew is, but I don't care. I want to see more of Locke before a mediocre retread. I would too. I mean, instead of going out and whether it's Jameis or Ryan Fitzpatrick or a guy like that, I'd rather see Locke. But I also first want to explore any and every possible avenue to upgrade it because, again, you know, from here on out, whether it's in Denver or somewhere else, Drew Locke is – going to have to sing for his supper. He's going to have to earn every opportunity that he gets. And uh, so, hey, you know, he had his window, Zach, of being the, all right, you showed us enough as a rookie. You got us excited. We're going to go ahead and go all in on you, Drew. No real contest this this year, uh, except maybe Jeff Driscoll and Brett Rippon. And then we'll throw in Blake Bortles, who we're never even going to dress in a game later on. But, like, you're the man. And he couldn't quite make hate. Now, did he have a lot of – Things going against him that year. Unfortunately, yes. It's bummer that his one shot to be the guy, uh, you know, like unfettered shot to be the guy came in the pandemic season under a brand new offensive coordinator. But that's the, you know, that's the hand he got dealt, and he just unfortunately wasn't able to make the most of it. So now he gets to sing for his supper. So whoever they bring in, whether it's a free agent, rookie, if Drew Locke's gonna play, it's gonna be because he was better than them. They he out earned them.
1: What's the single season NFL record for interceptions thrown? Because if they sign Ryan Fitzpatrick and pair him with Drew Lock, they would shatter that mark more than likely. So um, it's, it's Drew and a young guy, or it's a no doubt better veteran. And the no doubt better veteran, I mean, really, realistically, it's either Aaron or Russell Wilson. You mentioned that in 2020, his only unfettered shot, which is absolutely true. Last year wasn't, in 2019 wasn't, so by default it was 2020. But that new offensive coordinator, amid the pandemic, amid all the other lack of practices, lack of reps, that OC was Pat Shermer. I, I can't underscore that enough. It's not like an innovator was coming in like the next Sean McVay or even Nathaniel Hackett with the creative, forward-thinking approach that matches Locke's strengths. And it coming off of the Rich Scangarello brief era, That seemed to click with Drew Locke. So a lot of things worked against him that year, and he didn't make the most of it. He didn't stamp his name down as a franchise quarterback, but that was his only shot. If he gets it again under this coaching staff, I feel like personally uh, he would make the most
0: of it. Again, and my grandma, my nana, would chide me for using double negatives, but Drew Locke got his shot, and he didn't leave no doubt. You got to leave no doubt, and he unfortunately couldn't do that. Uh, Mike Reno says, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Locke will flourish under this coaching staff if he is the starter, because the coaches are going to harness our skilled player strength to take pressure off the QB. Hey, man, this that's the hope, right? And again, as I've said on this show multiple times now since the hire was made, if Nathaniel Hackett and Justin Outen and Clint, geez, I almost confused him with Clank Kubiak, Kubiak, are the coaches that you're telling everybody they are then yeah, you should be optimistic that if and when the Broncos turn to Locke, he'll, he'll flourish. I, I'm optimistic on that front, but none of us have a crystal ball.
1: And the good thing is this time, though, I mean, if you're not the biggest Drew Locke proponent, if he does fall on his face, it's because he's not good enough, and we know that definitively. Because the coaching staff, you just laid it out. Getting hacky, getting out and in, getting Clint Kubiak— The Vikings' former OC as quarterback's coach is a major coup and a major feather uh, in in, in George Payton's and Nathaniel Hackett's cap. If Drew Locke can't cut it with this weaponry he has in his fourth season in a contract year, new coaching staff, then he's just not good enough.
0: Point blank, period. Joshua Mize throwing down some stars. appreciate that, my friend. Thank you. We'll, uh, We'll circle and see if we maybe hit goal. Uh, at the end of the show here tonight uh, for the month of February. Teresa says on Facebook, I've seen a lot about different quarterbacks available. Is there any way we could pry away Kyler Murray? Same type of ammo for Rodgers, but a younger option. Murray versus Mahomes twice a year seems awesome. Yeah, we, you know, it's hard to, to, to say what, what to make of that situation exactly. Uh, for those of you wondering what Teresa is talking about last week or was it the week before? Uh, Kyler Murray, it was right after the super bowl. So, uh, he scrubbed all any and all mention of the Cardinals off all of his social media and then provided a couple of statements in the aftermath of that. The Cardinals had to make a statement. Long story short, he wants to, to get paid now. He doesn't want to wait till this time next year, but they optioned his fifth year and they, you know, they want him to play on his fifth year. He doesn't want him. He wants to get an extension now. Uh, is it three straight pro bowls? Zach wins offensive rookie of the year and then three straight Pro Bowls, leads the Cardinals to the playoffs, uh, something like that anyway. He wants to get paid. I don't blame him. I'd want to get paid too. But uh, the Cardinals, after all they went through, post-Kurt Warner, after drafting Josh Rosen in the first round the year prior, and then drafting Kyler at number one overall the next year, they understand us, Steve Kime, the GM there, Zach, the one-in-the-hand, worth-two-in-the-bush philosophy. So I I think it's pretty safe to say that they're going to do anything and everything they can to keep him happy. So he's probably going to get paid and I don't think he would be, I don't think he's a genuine option for this team. Probably Russell Wilson's more of an option for this team than Kyler, but we'll see.
1: The Arizona wants to pay him 45 a year, that's Arizona's prerogative. I wouldn't do it if I was them. He can't win the big game. I don't care about Pro Bowls. He melts down later in the season. He had an awful playoff showing, and there's the concerns that he's a finger pointer. He's immature. He's a, sort of a cancer for that offense in that locker room, and if you've watched sideline videos, I mean, he's very self-absorbed and very about Kyler Murray. I, I wouldn't trade the farm for that guy. I wouldn't set records contract-wise for that guy. Uh, Aaron and Russell Wilson are both head and shoulders above uh, Kyler Murray as far as I'm concerned.
0: So my bad, for for what it's worth. Kyler, Rookie of the Year in 2019, two-time Pro Bowler, so these last two years Pro Bowler. Um, All right, Jeremy, and then we got to go. He says, so, gents, here's a question. With how deep this draft class is in terms of interior D-line, offensive tackle, interior O-line, and corner, do you think we should be super aggressive with trades with teams so that we get the best players? No, I think it's the other way around. I think you should completely capitalize on any and all interest in your picks and your positions to trade back and stockpile because it's so deep at multiple positions and several that you didn't even mention, including edge, uh, off ball, trade back, stockpile picks. And that's a uh, philosophy we know George Payton embraces. In fact, he talked about that in his first uh, press conference, even though, if I'm not mistaken, Zach, the Broncos did not trade one time if I remember right in yeah. last year's draft, uh, I think it just takes the right opportunity relative to hey, a guy that we really love is coming up. We're, we're in position to get him in the phone rings and it's the you know Texans and they're like, hey, we'll give you an extra fifth round pick if you swap us here. But that takes you out of the sh- chance to get Quinn Miners. So multiple situations like that happened. And he said no, but this is a good draft to start saying yes.
1: Yeah, you made a that's the point I was going to make is it was a pretty quiet first draft for George Payton. I feel like the second draft is going to be a lot more wild, a lot more active. I can see Payton maybe moving back from 9 into the teens and picking up another second or third round pick. Don't forget they have 5 selections in the top 96 of the draft. That's a lot of capital, a lot of ammo. So if they move back, let's say they get I don't know, Nicobe Dean at 15 or whatever, they might want to move back up into the first round or earlier in the second round for a quarterback, let's say, or a tackle. They have a lot of compensation they can play around with and make things happen. I feel I feel like you're going to see Trader uh, George come out to play next month.
0: Yes, indeed. In Phil. Oh, sorry. Finish your thought.
1: No, I thought it was March already because I'm stupid, but April.
0: Phil says, I'm going to trust Peyton and his new staff to give us a playoff team. Hey, that's all you can do right now, my friend. Uh, Chris and Zuko. And then we got to go. Appreciate you, my friend. Up in Canada. By the way, I'm looking at it now. Shows that your jersey estimated arrival March 7th. It's on the road. It has been shipped, so it could get there sooner. But being that you are indeed north of the 49th parallel, I don't know what to expect on that front. If it just takes a little bit longer to get up to you, but it should be, you'll you'll be seeing it soon, my friend. It says, good evening, gents. As far as quarterbacks under six foot, how many have won a Super Bowl? I can only think of Russ. Yeah, I think Russ is the only one. Uh, yeah, pretty sure. At least in the modern era. Yeah, that's
1: it. I don't. Steve Young came to mind. I feel like he was what six one though.
0: He was six three. Damn. I'll tell you right. He now. doesn't
1: seem like he was. Though. I feel like he was like six one or six foot, but that's crazy. Uh,
0: yeah, he was six two according to Wiki. Whatever.
1: I don't know why I envision him smaller. Maybe it's the way he played.
0: But guys, we got to dip on out. Much love and respect. Appreciate you guys. Um, Zach, if you want to do the rundown, yep. I'll pull up Facebook.
1: Yes, sir. That was the Huddle Up Pod. Thank you all for tuning in with us tonight. We're back on tomorrow night. Same time, same place. In the meantime, though, follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. If you want a hoodie like I'm wearing, a a hat like Chad's wearing, go to HuddleUpPod.com and get yourself a piece of our merch right there. It's our little pop-up store for your uh, shopping pleasure. HuddleUpPod.com. Don't forget to go to Facebook.com slash Mile Huddle. Hit that big blue button. Become a supporter. Uh, Three VIP shows at your fingertips. Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, and Trickles on each and every week. And Facebook.com slash Mile Huddle Pod. Like that page and follow that page. Guys, please, if you haven't, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win. Maybe a hoodie, maybe a hat, maybe a coffee cup, et cetera, each and every month. But if you can't do those things, do these three things. Please, guys, subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. Helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you.
0: Indeed. Uh, Scott reminding us of one other quarterback that might be around that conversation. Drew Brees won a Super Bowl, and he was listed officially as six foot. But if you've ever looked that dude in the eye, you know, I'm right at six foot myself. And uh, yeah. Doesn't quite seem like he reaches that, but who knows? Who cares? Uh, Shout out to these great supporters on Facebook. Jacob Foster, Phil McLaughlin, Rod Garcia, Joshua Mize, CJ Morris, Andrew Baker, Mike Reno, Michael Ronquillo, Claude Riley, T twice, Chase Wellner, Big T, Dan Briscoe, and then our Super Chat superstars. Love you. From Colton Moore, Kevin Vinn, Ren99, Slide and Glide Bros., Nash v Ron Galicchio, John Clay Eventing, and Chris and Zuko. And guys, good news on Facebook indeed. Tonight we crossed the uh, 250 goal on Facebook. So we are raffling off a of jersey here in about a week's time. It's going to be a gas. Can't wait. We'll see you tomorrow night. Don't forget, you got Broncos for breakfast tomorrow morning.
1: Shout out Mitchell. Fangio is gone. Lock has support. Hallelujah. Shout out Big Mel. It was personal between Vic and Drew. Yes, it was. Thank you guys again for tuning in. Have a great night. Take care. And as always, go Broncos.
0: You've been listening to the Huddle Up podcast. Join Broncos country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.